children. As reviled as they are, though, pedophiles lurk in greater numbers than most of us know, and ignoring they exist won't cut it anymore. In America, I've just visited one of the most confronting places I've ever been, a trailer park that's entirely inhabited by pedophiles and other sex offenders who've served their prison sentences and have nowhere else to live. This village of the damned is set up for our protection and theirs, but it's also testing a new controversial theory, and the results might surprise you. St. Petersburg, on Florida's west coast, is a postcard-perfect playground, except for one thing. Not far from these beaches, hiding in plain sight, is a trailer park full of registered sex offenders. The 120 residents here are convicted rapists, child sex abusers and addicts of child pornography. So, every one of the people here are the neighbours that no one else really wants to have. Absolutely. The not-in-my-backyard people. The village of the damned. I refer to us as the societal lepers of the 21st century. Showing me around this godforsaken underworld is Bill Fury, a convicted child molester. He's lived here for a decade and is surprisingly open about what makes someone like him commit the most deplorable acts against children. I did what I did. I, I, I know why I did it. I know how I did it. I know how I went about it. It was a setup, a predatorial action. I, I was a predator. I did that. But as sickening as this place is, it could hold the key to answering one of the biggest questions of our time. How do we stop pedophiles from offending in the first place? Come out here with me, teddy bear. Pervert Park houses one of the largest concentrations of sex offenders in the United States. I'm not innocent of having the images. You did view it. And I did view it, yeah. It was set up 10 years ago as a solution to Florida's strict probation laws, which forbid convicted pedophiles from living within 300 metres of kids. Over the years, it's become a safe haven for society's most hated human beings. There's not really any way to sugarcoat this place. It's frankly not a great spot to live. The conditions here are very cramped. Everyone has a dark, sinister history. And the atmosphere is... Well, it's unpleasant. That said, Florida police say it works. Now, you'd think having such a concentration of sex offenders in one place would be a recipe for disaster. But law officers claim for them it centralises the potential problems. It also helps them to track down offenders after they leave prison. And for the residents here, it creates a kind of self-regulation. Sex offenders know sex offenders better than anybody because we are each other. So you'll call each other out? Absolutely. What's that like? 
being labeled a sex predator? Um, I don't know. It's kind of surreal. You know, there's just, it's just... You never thought of yourself as one of those? Um, I don't know. No, I don't think so. I, I mean, it, but if you think about it, what does a predator do? It, it, it cuts the weak and the young out of the pack and it, and it preys. Okay, that's what I did. So it fits? I, I think it does. I absolutely think it does. You'd be hard-pressed finding a more candid or repentant child molester than Bill Fury. What I did was wrong. So, you what I did, you, so you've owned that? Oh, absolutely. I inflicted harm on other human beings that I have no right to inflict. Can you describe to me, what did you do? Well, I have this girlfriend with a 12-year-old daughter, and I was at her house one night while she was working. Bottom line is I, I offended sexually against somebody, somebody defenseless, somebody young, somebody that didn't deserve it. And she was 12 or 13? 12 or 13. Obviously too young to be exposed to what I exposed her to. Bill spent almost 20 years behind bars and underwent intense therapy. But he tells me he doesn't think he's been cured. The 56-year-old says the forbidden desires he acted on all those years ago are still present. I don't think it'll ever go away, you know? You just learn how to manage it, how to control it, how to not feed it. So that feeling is still there with you? The desire? Absolutely. Absolutely. Research varies, but even on the lowest estimates, there are millions of pedophiles worldwide. They walk among us every day. James, how many pedophiles do you think you've seen over the years? Wow. I'd be surprised if I hadn't broken a thousand. Dr. James Cantor is a neuroscientist specialising in atypical sexualities. When it comes to pedophilia, he's reached important but uncomfortable conclusions including why pedophiles are attracted to children in the first place. All the evidence suggests that pedophilia begins in the womb. A person does not pick it. And despite every kind of treatment that has been attempted over a century, nothing has been shown to be able to change these people from pedophiles into non-pedophiles. By exploring the brains of convicted pedophiles using MRI scans, Dr. Cantor discovered a dramatic cross-wiring in the connective tissue. His controversial research found that pedophiles are victims of nature. It's not that these areas of the brain are different in the pedophiles. It's that the network that they're supposed to form isn't connected properly. So it's accidentally identifying things in the environment that should evoke a parental nurturant instinct, but instead it's provoking a sexual and erotic instinct. From all the science, yep. from all your science, did it answer the question, are pedophiles born or made? Interestingly, the, the science in general says that pedophiles appear to be born, not made. Because that's a big call, isn't it? Uh, it is a big call. Because some people will see that as almost making an excuse for pedophilia. 
Oh, uh, many people will make uh, uh, many different interpretations, but the place to start any kind of policy is this is biological and it's not going to change. Dr. Cantor argues that means rather than condemn people born with something they can't control, we need to start helping them before they offend. And incredibly, he says, many pedophiles actually don't want to act on their urges. Pedophilia is not a synonym for child molestation, which is how most people think. Pedophilia is the genuine, underlying, unchanging sexual interest in children. But isn't that the same thing? No, child molestation is the actual behavior that harms a child. But you're splitting straws there a little bit, aren't you? No, not you're, at all. You're saying that the definition of pedophilia is the attraction, but it doesn't mean they, they're going to do it. Exactly. A pedophile, uh, uh, there exists a group, for example, called the virtuous pedophiles. Uh, these people recognize that they're sexually interested in children, have never touched one, and they essentially swear themselves to a life of celibacy. How is it possible for them to suppress that sexual urge for their entire lifetime? I can't imagine that kind of a curse. And we as a society, the only thing we can do, the thing that would most protect our children, is to help them do that. Coming up, I've got a sexual attraction to children, but this man says he's not a danger. Well, we do know the difference between right and wrong. So can he be trusted? Have you ever been tempted? I've been tempted, yes. That's next on 60 Minutes. It was Saturday afternoon, November 10th. That Stories of child sexual abuse dominate nightly news bulletins. Two brothers aged 8 and 11 inside one of the public toilets. Pedophiles, it seems, are all around us. Alleged ringleaders of a child-stealing syndicate. 90% of sex offenders live undetected in the community. But research has now discovered not all of them are molesting children. And remarkably, there is such a thing as a good pedophile. This whole notion of a non-offending pedophile seems, frankly, a bit hard to believe. But we're about to meet a man here in Melbourne who calls himself exactly that, a virtuous pedophile. Now, for obvious reasons relating to his personal safety, he doesn't want to disclose his identity. So we've agreed to meet him at a neutral location in a city hotel so he can tell us all about his tortured existence. Kira, as he's known online, works in tech and spends his free time watching soccer and cricket. He sounds like any other ordinary bloke, but that all changes the moment he sits down. I've got a sexual attraction to children. Are you uncomfortable being labelled a pedophile? It's a... It's a difficult word, but that, that's it's, true. it's technically true. What age for a sexual partner would you find attractive? In a purely physical sense, I would say seven, eight years old. Kira says he first became aware of his disturbing attraction to little boys when he was a teenager. When I was around about 15, I was going through school. I was looking at boys, I was finding them sexually attractive, but as I was growing older, I wasn't attracted to boys my own age. 
you know, post-puberty, I was more attracted to the to, to younger ones. When that realisation dawned upon you, and then you bring the word pedophile in, that must have been very confusing. It was. You associate with monsters, you know, and it's very, very, very hard then to realise that, hang on a minute, I'm not a monster, I've got a morality. I could never bring myself to do something like that. But then you think you've got this dark secret inside you as well. And you think, but Kira isn't alone. Online, there's a hidden population of people just like him. Thousands of self-confessed pedophiles who meet and chat, often anonymously, in forums. You know, I, I, I went through that period of, um, you know, of self-hatred and, um, you know, trying to change myself. Yeah, I hear you, mate, I hear you. Todd Nickerson is one of these so-called virtuous pedophiles. Based in a small town in Tennessee, he outed himself publicly in 2015 to shed light on this secret underworld. I feel like, you know, a great burden has been lifted off of me because, like, you know, now people take me at face value. They know what I'm about. And, uh, you know, for better or worse... The term virtuous pedophiles sounds like an oxymoron. But men like Todd and Kira claim, even though they're attracted to children, they've never acted on their sexual urges. Are you all committed along those lines? I would say most of them are fair to about it. I don't trust that all of them are doing exactly what they say they are all the time. I am a little bit cynical when it comes to that. I find it hard to marry up those, those two terms, non-offending and, and pedophile. That's fair enough. Look, it's but you have to realise we are thinking people as well. Have you ever been tempted with a child? I wouldn't do that. Have you ever been tempted? I've been tempted, yes. Have you ever carried it out? Ever carried that through? No, I never have. Not once? Not once. But that behaviour is on a razor's edge, is it not? It can be. The difference between virtuous pedophiles and the offenders living here at Pervert Park in Florida is these men chose to prey on the innocent. It's only now, after countless lives have been destroyed, that child molesters like Bill Fury are learning to control their sickening desires. I really did want to do the work. I really did want to learn what was making me tick, what was making me be who I was. You know, it wasn't an accident. It wasn't just an opportunity. I was a predator. I did that. It's the kind of unflinching self-reflection that's encouraged at on-site group therapy sessions. You know, what is it that instigates a person to act out in a sexual way? Inside this room, Offenders talk about what they did and how they can stop themselves from doing it again. So then the question becomes, well, what do we do to not have that boundary crossed again? Still, it'd be naive to think that all pedophiles can be helped. 79-year-old Bobby 
was convicted for the possession of child pornography, but the grandfather remains unrepentant. I never seen anything like this before. Being an old man looking at this computer, you know, well, I don't see that there's nothing wrong with looking. But you know, for someone, I don't see I don't see anything wrong about looking. I, I there is for someone like you to just look. There has to be someone else who's doing it, no, or being forced to do it. Nothing, nothing whatsoever. That's the problem with people like you who just look. I seen it. I enjoyed it. So you deserve to be a registered sex offender. Right. I enjoyed it. You know, I don't see anything wrong with it. Even Dr. James Cantor, who advocates for non-offending pedophiles, admits there are certain types of sex offenders who should never be released from prison. What sort of percentage of pedophiles are psychopathic? Uh, probably a handful of a percent. They are the worst of the worst. Oh, absolutely. They are the people where society needs to protect itself. And the only way to, uh, for society to protect itself against a genuine dangerous psychopath is to remove the person from society. But for the most part, Dr. Cantor says we need to rethink the way we deal with pedophilia. Because right now, not enough is being done to ensure non-offending pedophiles stay that way. The only situation that would change things is if we make it easier for them to come in. That would give us contact with pedophiles that we don't have contact with uh, now. But if we're going to uh, treat them like criminals, they will stay underground and we're just back to where we started. Look, as the expert, I can hear your confidence. But as a parent, mm -hmm. I think that's a huge leap of faith. Yes. It is, but this is not the first time science has run into this. There are a lot of things that we know that are uncomfortable, but that doesn't make them wrong. So how do we help our children by helping you? What we do need to do is we need to start getting the message out that if you do have these feelings, you need to be reaching out. And as a society, we need to be providing a, a safe place. It's not about normalising paedophilia either. It's about just understanding that you are the way you are. Are you convinced that you were made this way? I don't believe there's a way I can change it. If someone were to offer me a magic pill saying, take this pill, you'll no longer be a pedophile, you'll be attracted to adults, everything will be fine, I'll take the pill. But there is no pill like that. So the best thing I can do is just accept who I am and, you know, make the best of the situation. Supporting, instead of ostracizing pedophiles, is a bold idea. But even if it works, the thought of doing anything to help the most despised human beings in society doesn't sit well. But if we believe the science, then right now there are hundreds of teenagers around the world coming to the realization that they're attracted to children too, and helping them might be the only option we have. I know before I got arrested, there were many, many times when I wished there was some help. 
I knew there was something wrong with me. But, you know, if I go into a doctor and I say, hey, look, I'm thinking about molesting little girls, by law, he has to report me. So the only way I can get any help is just go out and hurt somebody. And I'm not blaming the system for what I did. Don't get me wrong. But wouldn't it be awesome if you could just go get some help before you let it affect another human being? You think other non-offending pedophiles need to put their hand up? Absolutely. I mean, just if nothing else, take my life as an example. I'm 56 years old for the rest of my life. No matter what I do, no matter where I go, I'm going to be that sexual predator. I'm going to be the face of that monster. You don't want that. Hello, I'm Liam Bartlett. Thanks for watching. To keep up with the latest from 60 Minutes Australia, make sure you subscribe to our channel. You can also download the Nine Now app for full episodes and other exclusive. That's the end of the show. Hope you guys learned something. And again, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for being there for me and listening to the show. God bless.